podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Joe chose to turn left. It, yeah. it was Joe's decision. And there was no, there were, there were it was, six yeah. inches away from each other. Exactly. They weren't, they weren't wheel to wheel even. No. Anyway. I, don't think it was, I completely agree. I thought that was a really poor decision. Uh, What's up, guys? Welcome to the first podcast, official podcast for On Track GP. It's a little bit different, but we're very excited uh, about this and, and this kind of new feature that we're going to be bringing to you. I'm with Richard, Le Mans winner. Uh, I'm very happy to have a professional driver, literally a professional driver <laughs> here for the first uh, for the first episode. So um, how are you, firstly? Thank you for coming. I'm all good, thanks. Uh, good to be here. Um... You know, had delayed flights back from France yesterday, but apart from that, can't complain. Living (laughs) up in France, I love that. Um, And we'll get into maybe a little bit about that why why you were there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Let's let's dive straight in. I think today and talk about yesterday's Spanish Mm. Grand Prix. Uh, Overall, as we were talking just before we started, um, it can be a little bit dull the Spanish yes. Grand Prix but yesterday didn't feel like that at all did it? It didn't at all and I think a lot of it's got to do with how they changed the circuit because it wasn't too difficult for the cars to follow through the last corner and the DRS whilst it was effective it wasn't overly effective they still had to do proper overtakes into turn one Yeah, I mean normally when you had the old chicane the, the, the gap was just too big for anyone to do anything so I really enjoyed it I thought it was a great race really positive change so kudos to everyone for, for that you know. Yeah I agree and it's it's nice that because the qualifying was kind of so crazy and cars were yeah. just tw- <laughs> around the circuit for fun particularly in Q1 yeah. it was nice to see a mixed up grid and then we've got guys that have to fight their way um, through the circuit and that always makes for a more entertaining race doesn't yeah. it? Yeah always I mean um, it, it was quite remarkable because Max was obviously out doing his thing after uh, after turn one um, but we hardly saw any TV footage of him because there was always something else going on gotta say it was really gutted for Lando though oh, you know man. after that qualifying and everything and, and obviously it, it, uh, he did a great job but Piastri also in Q3 yeah. and you wonder what, what could have been had he been able to stay there um, but yeah we so. had a discussion I wanted to ask you this actually yesterday on the live stream um, let's you know Lando's not in the quickest car particularly no. this year and he qualifies himself third mm. you and I'm asking you this if that's you, in your position here you've qualified third do you go for it go for it first few corners and try and make your way or do you allow some cars to maybe get past you and just go I'm just going to try and play this for points I think honestly it was kind of frustrating because the way that the incident happened, I don't think it needed to happen because I think he was in the position where he thought, okay, I'm going to be semi-aggressive, get my elbows out, but yeah. not take any risks, you know. So you saw once um, once the Ferrari is down the inside of him, he kind of let him go. I think it was the Ferrari or the motor, I can't remember off the top of my head now. And But then he was like, okay, now I'm going to protect my position and hold my space, got his elbows out a bit. And he just miscued it with his front wing. I mean, ideally, you want to make sure you don't lose too much at the start because you know at some stage you are going to lose time through the race. Um, so it, it's a six of one, half a dozen of the other yeah. situation. Because yeah, if you try and be uh, if you try and be a hero at the first corner and it goes really wrong, then you know you screw everything. Yeah. But obviously, there it was just one of those things. Yeah, it's so tough, isn't it? And it's always you know you, I suppose you've got to control your thoughts a little bit because you don't just want to dive bomb it in and then potentially have an accident. But equally, it must be quite hard going, I know I'm in a slower car, I've sometimes just got to let somebody go past me and play this it, for points. It goes against every single intuition you've been had drilled into you since you were eight years old. Okay. And the other thing that people don't realise in these cars, you can't see the front wing. You cannot see anything. You can only see about the very top half of the tyre. You can't see the rim. You can only see the very top half of the tyre. So you have actually no idea where the front of your car is. You have no idea how wide the wing is. And it's all done on feel and perception. 
So oh, he, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, you cannot believe how low you are. Your eye line is level with the top of the cockpit, and yeah. obviously the wing then goes down. So Lando just kind of, he had to predict and guess how much space he had, but then he... Um, you know, then obviously he got it very slightly wrong, and yeah, unfortunate situation for him. Wow, I mean, I, I, I mean, because you kind of do see those mm. little um, shots from the head cap, yeah, and you think, well, they, they must be able to see a little bit more than that. <laughs> but you know, you've obviously driven and been, been in that situation to so know that you really can't see. It must be quite pretty scary flying two hundred miles an hour into a corner right. not being able to see. Do you know what the worst bit is? <laughs> when you're actually driving, it's okay, but when you're sat in the garage about to drive, especially the first time in a new car, when your 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 subconscious is like feeling a bit nervous mm. and everything, you're really thinking oh my word, how am I going to drive this? Like, I literally cannot see oh anything, you know? And then you come out of the pits and you can barely turn to get into the pit lane because they've got no steering lock. Then you get on track and everything makes a bit of sense. But yeah, when you are in those one-to-one -one combat situations, especially on the first lap, you, you, it's all guesswork. It's wow. really difficult. Crazy. Well, let's yeah. leave poor Lando to the side for a minute. And I'm going to ask you for your underachiever and your overachiever Ooh. from the Spanish Grand Prix. Let's maybe start with the underachiever of the day. I think it's fairly obvious, isn't it? I mean, Max just dominated and decimated everyone. And then even when he got told not to push, I mean, you could hear on the radio, he wasn't even breaking a sweat. You yeah. know, when he got told not to push because of the track limit situation, he just ramps it up by a second a lap. <laughs> so it has to be Sergio Perez. It has wow. to be. You know, to, to, to not be able to beat the Mercedes at the end when they were in a straight fight, I, you know, it wasn't... Uh, I don't think he had a good day at the office. I think that, you know, I, I think he's still having a bit of a hangover from, from Monaco and realising the level that, that Max is at and how difficult it is to beat him. So, I mean, he is... He's, it, it, what Max is doing is, is a joke. And we had this yeah. little conversation yesterday again as well. It, would you say that Max is now an all-time great? If he ended his career today... I is he an all-time great? I don't think so because, again, he's the, the reason why is since he's gone into Red Bull, he's always had a car that's been capable of fighting. Mm -hmm. And all of the all-time greats, at some point, they took something which wasn't able to... It wasn't the best equipment and they made it work. You know, we look at Lewis in 2009 with that McLaren. Okay, he had the dominant Mercedes years. We look at Schumacher when he won his first championships. Senna when he won the, that famous Donington Grand Prix in 1993. They all have a time when they're not in competitive equipment, but they make it work we haven't seen that from max when he was at toro rosso which is now alpha tauri he was very level with carlos so i'm still waiting to see that that last bit to prove his greatness but the level he's on now it, it's schumacher-esque it's so absolutely dominant so interesting because we were talking yesterday oh you know he's i think it's now 40 race wins or something yeah, he's something got ridiculous. after yesterday uh, you know more race wins than fernando alonso yeah. uh who we probably would say is an all-time great same amount of championships mm. or at least you know an all-time great in the sense that he's been around for so long his yes. longevity is great um so it's really interesting because we were saying mm. oh yeah if max ended his career you're never going to forget him he's an all-time great but actually you make such a good point mm. that he's never really had it super difficult exactly and you know again fernando it's kind of sad because to be honest fernando the, the biggest the, the worst thing for fernando's career has been his management team yeah. because <laughs> you know he's always just gone to the wrong place at the wrong time but fernando has consistently when he's been in bad cars he's made them work yeah. you know and he's managed to get results that's why we look at fernando in in that light even though he's only got two championships yeah. even though he's he's got less wins than max we look at him like that because he's proved it in in inferior equipment 
I'm going to wait to see that happen for Max. And it will happen at some point because it's the ebbs and flows of Formula One, regulation changes. And then I think he, I, I do think that he'll be able to rise to the challenge and, and be up to it 100%. Yeah. But you, you just want, want proof of it. Oh, I like that. No, I, yeah. I, I like that. You know, proof's in the pudding, absolutely. Mm. Uh, or proof's in the potentially future <laughs> bad car. Um, so underachiever, you're going Sergio yeah. Perez for this week simply because he's just not, not keeping up with Max in the same car. Not keeping up with Max in the same car. Straight fight with the Mercs. They had an inferior car and uh, yeah he just he just didn't live up to expectations especially yeah. after going out you know not qualifying where he should have done as well just not a good weekend yeah and it's so interesting with Sergio as well because mm. how long you know at the minute everything's fine Red Bull are winning mm. so they don't, they don't they're Red Bull are winning excuse me so they don't need a, an, an unbelievable second driver as long as they get the, the drivers and the constructors they're going to be alright mm. but if, when they eventually do as you say drop back into the pack that's when they need a second driver that's going to Win, get them those those points for the constructors. So at the minute, Sergio's fine, but I can see in a year or two he could be in well, serious trouble. Exactly, and this this leads nicely onto my overachiever. Actually, um, for me, disregarding the penalty, which I think was completely unjust, by the way, Yuki Sonoda. Yes, Yuki Sonoda. That yes. he didn't have the he didn't have the greatest of qualifying. Um, got out qualified by DeFries, but his race pace was phenomenal. His race craft was excellent. Don't agree with the penalty whatsoever. You could you could see his hands on the wheel. He was doing everything he could. Joe chose to turn left. It, yeah. it was Joe's decision. And there was no there were they were it was six yeah. inches away from each exactly. other. They weren't, they weren't wheel to wheel. Even no. I don't think it was. I completely agree. I thought that was a really poor decision. I'm really unfair because he was had such. He a had a great race. race. He had a great race, but you know the people and the powers that be. You know they know enough to know that he probably didn't deserve that. They'll look at his pace. They'll look at his passes. They'll look at his composure. Everything. I thought he had a fantastic race and really understated because he was constantly in a battle as well. Yeah. I mean the TV spent more time on Yuki than it did on Max. That That's, says I mean, <laughs> that says everything, right? Yeah, yeah, literally. Uh, for me underachiever I love him so much I'm wearing his hat Carlos Sainz <laughs> I mean heartbreaking uh, it just the car just wasn't good enough and I don't no. think that he got his elbows out enough and, and when he was ahead I don't think he pushed hard enough to keep ahead it was interesting when he was in the battles with the Mercedes you never saw him actively trying to defend he just no. kind of let them go oh here they go then and they what weren't exactly and they weren't that much faster than him you know if it was like as I said if it was Max then you go okay fair enough but you know with the Mercedes especially with how tight the Constructors Championship probably will be mm. you know I, I was amazed he didn't try and fight them off more yeah I agree uh, I was very disappointed I threw my hat in anger <laughs> all went wrong um, but my and I'm normally a very big Big critic of this guy um, and he had a very poor qualifying but then just destroyed it and somehow didn't didn't get driver of the day yesterday mm. and should have done George Russell mm. 12th to 3rd I mean that in, in, in not a Red Bull <laughs> like, in not a Red Bull it, yeah. do, you, do, you see Max do that and you go well yeah obviously but in, in, a, in a Mercedes car that's been struggling um I thought he had an incredible race yesterday. I thought I think I completely agree with you, but the uh, one of the reasons I wouldn't pick George, what happened in qualifying with Lewis was just unforgivable. <sighs> unforgivable. Messy. There is absolutely no way that he wouldn't have checked his mirrors before he started that lap. You always, always have a check before you start in your push lap, and he knew exactly where Lewis was. Everything he says is complete rubbish. He knew exactly what he was doing. Do you know what? I'm amazed he wasn't handed his P45 on the spot for that. That could I... have been like an aircraft crash. This is why I love when you're in Richard, because you call out the bullshit, man. That's, it. that's what we need. Because as I've sort of said this before, yeah. I think when we talked, like I have to take everything that's on the screen as red because I've never had any race experience myself. Mm. I've never been in a garage, and but you, you, you're there. You've been in and amongst it, and so you can call out when when it's a bit of PR chat or the, <laughs> or they're trying to cover their own backs or something. So it's so interesting. It's yeah. So interesting to hear that. 
uh, but I still think he had an incredible Saturday. Uh, uh, Not Dur- good Saturday, good Sunday. No, that, that, that race was incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, found his sweat comment quite amusing. Oh, man, so <laughs> I think we all did. I was literally like creasing, man, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is it rain? Oh, no, it's my forehead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the strange thing. You know he's pushing because George is normally one who comes out of the car and looks like he's done no work, yeah. right? So. Yeah, no, he was going for it. Good for him. Uh, let's get into a bit of a feature here. Mm. Okay, so let me explain how this is going to work. I'm going to ask you to build your perfect F1 driver. There's going to be six different categories. Uh, the categories are you can pick an overtaker, someone that's good at defending, someone that's got one uh, really quick pace in one shot qualifying, uh, performance in the wet, how they how they deal with the rain, somebody that can make their tyres last a long time with the durability, and somebody that if they were starting P20 is most likely to get uh, to P1. But here's the crux... Here's the caveat. Here's the drama. Uh, you can't pick the same driver twice. And it has to uh, be people from uh, the current crop of 20 drivers. Because I was going to say, at the minute, you probably just pick Max, Max for them, right? Max, Max, Lewis for the tyres. Max, yeah. Max, Max. Um, but let's go through this. Okay, so yeah. let's start at the top. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll do this with you a little bit as well. Yeah. A little chat about these guys. Who are you picking for overtaking at the current 20 drivers? Whose skill are you taking to build your perfect F1 driver for overtaking? It's now really tricky. It's such a shame Danny Rick's not in Formula 1 anymore because then it would be yeah. easy, right? Um, oh, I, I To be honest, I have to say Fernando. Wow, for overtaking. I'm going for overtaking, yeah. Wow, I've got to say, I wasn't expecting that. I'm going for overtaking because Fernando, he's... He always knows when to pick and choose his moments and he always knows how to play the political game and make it look like things go his way and don't go his way. So he knows how to manipulate the situation, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, if he yeah. can't get it done at one time, then he'll get it done later on. And yeah. But he'll say something in the meantime and he does it in such a clever way. It will make the the, the team, the other team will relay it to the other driver. Yeah. So they'll be a bit more cautious to make his life easier. Yeah. I mean, you've seen it, like what he did in Bahrain, for example. Bahrain is overtaking this year was just sensational. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting, because mm. I would have picked Fernando Alonso for defending. <laughs> so that's interesting. For overtaking, I'm going to go... I can't believe I'm using my Joker card now, but I'm going to go Max overtaking. I think, I, I think I've got to go it. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about defending. I've said it, Fernando Alonso, I just I think over the years, he's just been the, the sort of guy that gets his elbows out and will make it really difficult to pass. Uh, so I'm, I'd go for Fernando for defending, but let's... let's this is you. probably going to be very, very unpopular. I'm going to go Sergio Perez. Whoa! And for one reason and one reason only, we all remember Abu Dhabi 2021. Yeah. And what he did there uh, was unbelievable. And against a far, far superior Mercedes at the time with yeah. the tyres and everything. And how long he held it on for, yeah. I, I was blown away by that. Sergio's not really had to do it as much as, as you know, because normally Sergio has quite boring races. Yeah. But whenever we've needed him to do it, or whenever he's needed to do it, I should say, he's, he's jumped up to the plate. Yeah, I mean, he almost won Max that championship, exactly. really, by holding Lewis back for, it was like 15, 16 it, laps or something, wasn't it? It, it, like, it was crazy. I mean, when they started battling, Lewis lost seven seconds in two laps. Seven oh seconds God. in two laps. And he's making Lewis Whoa. burn his tyres out. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good pick. So far, your picks have... I sort of wish <laughs> I'd done what you've done. Wish I thought about this. Um, <laughs> let's go on to... Uh, Qualify mm. one shot like a, like you know how you play the F one game one hot lap. Uh, who is the driver that you're taking for a hot lap? I'm gonna go Lando Norris. Whoa, Lando Norris. That is surprising. 
I think, Tell me why. I think Lando over the years, again, he's not he's never been in the right equipment, but he's just done a few of those where he's just blown his teammate out of the water. Oh, like out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday. Exactly. And you sometimes just think, where where on earth has that come from? Yeah. And, you know, th- this was, uh, we all know that Danny Rick at the end of his stint at McLaren wasn't having the best time, but he came into the beginning of it in quite a good place. And Lando was just quite casually wiping the floor with him. I think Lando, when you see him in something really, really good, will be a level player for anybody. I'd be really interested to see, because it will happen. I can't see him sticking around in a a McLaren forever. I could even see, because there's the little, the the sort of talk of Lewis maybe going to Ferrari and that sort of thing. Mm. Let's say that happened, assuming into Carlos's seat, Carlos would maybe then go back to McLaren, take Lando's seat, and Lando could go to the Mercedes. That's a little maybe potential triangle. And George and Lando are good mates as well. Well, there'd be something there, you know. Again, yep. two still British drivers, which Mercedes are very keen, you know, to, mm. to have that affiliate with the with the British. So I think it's I think um yeah, I'd love to see him go and do that. And and Lando Norris is your one hot driver. Okay, nice. Uh I'm gonna go back my Ferrari boy, uh, Charles Leclerc. <laughs> I know he's had a bad couple of weeks recently, but I think generally he's a fantastic Generally he's a fantastic qualifier, but he shunts too much. Yeah. He crashes too much. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't rely on him. That's the only well, gripe I'd have it. with that. That's it. He's one of those drivers I think he has to be on the precipice of a hundred percent. And if he's and if he makes it click at hundred percent, I think I don't think there's anybody better at qualifying when he's in the in the zone. But as you say, it's the inconsistency. And yes. We've seen so much of that over the most you know recent weeks and months. This this season, really. You know, it's really interesting. There's a good, a very, very good buddy of mine. He's he's does a lot of uh, coaching and, and analyzing for Formula One teams mm. when young drivers are coming through, mm. and worked with some you know loads and loads of the current crop and previous crop. Yeah. And you know, we we used to do sports car racing together and everything. And he came to me in 2014 after he first worked with Leclerc, and he said, "Watch this kid. This really? kid's going to be incredible." And it's weird how you just know. It, 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 you can wow. you, you can you can sit when there's once in a generation someone comes along you can always kind of tell and Leclerc was that one where yeah. you went wow. It's just an it. incident. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite. Um, okay, so so far overtaking. Let's review it. You've mm. gone for um, Fernando Alonso overtaking, yep. Sergio Perez defending, and uh, Lando Norris for one shot qualifying. Mm. Uh, let's go for performance in the wet. It's chucking it down. Who are you backing? Who's your driver? <sighs> You've got to go with Lewis, haven't you? You have to go with Lewis. If they, the he, you know, yeah. he's, he's just done it too many times over the years. Yeah. Uh, you know, we remember Silverstone in 2008. Remember Monaco. And then he, he's just done it. You know, there's been more, there's t- more times than we can remember. Yeah. Lewis, 100%. Yeah. Again, I sort of wish I was going to say that. I'm, I was going to go for Lando <laughs> Norris, actually, in the wet. I like his... Uh, sort of go get him attitude the idea that he 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 welcomes the rain and the difficult conditions mm. and says no that's an opportunity for me in a, in a weaker car to go and get it uh so i'd go lando you're going lewis interesting okay uh tire management durability who's going to make those hard tires last all the way through to the end well he's not doing it recent uh, recently but the one who was always famous for it was sergio perez you know before he went to Red Bull he was known for this so I don't think he's lost it overnight I think the Pirelli's just become a lot more durable lately so it's not quite as important so I'm going to go with Perez you've used him oh oh, yeah I used him for Blocky oh no broke the rules (laughs) 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 Uh, good point oh no no Um, in that case yeah go on Leclerc 
Le Clair for tyre management. Yeah. Okay, wow. That's really... I wasn't expecting that at no. all. Because he's always consistently there. He's yeah. ne- you've never had a race where you've seen him drop off. Yeah. I've seen Carlos drop off before. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to... You know, I, I think he'd be my bet for that. Whenever he's in a position where he can be at the front, unless he makes a mistake, he's always there. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm going to go for Lewis for tyre management. I think kind of similar to what you said about the wet. We've just seen yeah. him do it and do it and do it. But my little side guy for time <laughs> management I will never forget what Alex Albon did in Australia that was remarkable he, how many did he do, well he did every the whole race and on then one pitted on the tires. last pitted that on was the last unbelievable lap. he met I can't in a, in a Williams he made that car it, it was, um, tires last. It was you, I, I had I had lunch with Alex last year and uh, this was after the French Grand Prix and I asked him like how yeah. <laughs> I said because obviously sports cars we had to make our tires last by regulation yeah. so I said give me some tips man because I, I, wow. you know and he's just said i had no idea he said it's just one of those days it just it just came to me he said i just drove the car and i just did what i normally did and it worked that's so interesting that it wasn't even necessarily his strategy he just exactly in the car that day and it made it work oh that's so interesting and what a cool conversation to lunch that must have yeah been, he, so. he's a lovely guy really nice guy nice nice uh all right well let's yeah i'm gonna give the sort of like secondary award <laughs> to alex Albert, but i have got to give the time management to lewis for me yeah um and last, mm. uh, we've got somebody starting in 20th and they need to get to first, coming through the field uh, over the course of 60 laps or something. Who's going to be your driver for that? I mean, I've saved the best to last, haven't I? I have some, it's got to be Max. You yeah. know, you, you, every every time he qualifies badly, everyone kind of goes, oh, well, he's still going to win it. You yeah. know? You, the Fernando's predicted it perfectly. When's Max going to come by? Yeah. You know, we had it in Miami, we had it in Jeddah. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. Um I'm going to go for Checo, Sergio Perez. Okay. Because he did it. Where was it? He did it in a... What was the car he did it in? Before it became an Alpine, wasn't it? He started... Twi- it, was, it was the race that got him the seat in... Um, uh, oh, in Bahrain, Racing Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Racing, racing Point. point yeah. What me. a weird team name that was, right? Really weird. No wonder we forget. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he did that and it was, you know, and it was, it was that, almost that race yeah. that... Got him because he was on. He was on the precipice of not having a seat in F one. Started, you know, early on. You know, I think he spun or whatever it was, and was at the back of the field and, and came through. Race. And came through. Yeah, there was. A, it was on the. It was on the short circuit of Bahrain. And that's, that's the other thing. Bahrain is notorious. It's the highest deg circuit there is. Yeah. And one of the reasons he came through was his tire management. And again, those two things. It, it, he's. I, I, I really wish that Pirelli would bring back a high deg tire. I think it would I make it so agree. interesting. I completely agree because yesterday we had a two-stop race. Yeah. And the race is more interesting. Exactly, it just, it just makes it exactly. more interesting. The the tires are. I mean, look, amazing. They're they're building great tires that last yeah. a long time. Fair play, but we don't necessarily want that. I think we need to have things that mix it up a little bit because if guys are going, you know, 30, 40 laps on a, a set of hard tyres, you think, well, they're just going to come in once, not really have any issues. But when they've got to come in twice, that makes it better. I like that. And the other thing is these guys are robots. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're trained and relentlessly. And it's if you take 20 of those guys and you tell them to push flat out for 60 laps, it will be very rare that there will be more than five mistakes across the whole field. Yeah. So then when you're waiting for mistakes to overtake, and then even if they do make a mistake, yeah. it's such a small mistake yeah. that it's not actually going to make you know a blind bit of difference. Yeah, I agree. Right, let's go through, remind you of your pick. So overtaking, Fernando Alonso. Mm. Defending, you went for Sergio Perez? I went for Sergio, yeah. Uh, one shot qualifying, you went for Lando Norris. Yep. Performance in the wet, you went for Lewis. Lewis. Tire durability... I went for um, Leclerc. 
Did I skip one? Did you have Lando Norris in there somewhere? Yeah, no, you already mentioned Lando uh, for qualifying. Oh, I did. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. qualifying Lando and coming through the field. Max, Max yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good driver there. Yeah, I mean, that driver's going to do all right, isn't he? <laughs> He'll be okay. He'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, weird looking person if you mix all them together, but they're, they're going to they're going to do a job in that car. Um, and I'm just going to you know before we wrap up today, I'm just going to ask you because um, we've got a week off racing now. Uh, we're going to Canada in two weeks' time. Mm. Is there anything, maybe, could you just talk talk us through a little bit about that circuit, uh, what we could maybe expect at Canada, what, yeah, what, 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 maybe some surprises from the drivers or what we might expect to see from the cars? I think Canada is awesome. Uh, all of the drivers love Canada because it's, it's, a, it's a semi-street circuit in that it's basically through a park similar to Melbourne, but it's one where you really have to be super, super aggressive with it. Mm. Uh, it's got the infamous wall of champions, which is the, the wall on the exit at the final corner because, well, it, every world champion normally ends up crashing. In there, you know, Schumacher, Villeneuve, and I can't remember who else, Hacken, and I think they all did it in one year. Um, Weather's always unpredictable there. There's there's always got a history of rain. Um, And it's always, for me, it's always one of the highlights of the calendar. I don't know what makes it, but it's just always a good race. You never have a bad race in Canada. Um, who do I expect to be strong there? I don't think it will suit Red Bull as much. Uh, you know, it's it's got very, very long straights. Uh, I think they'll be quick because they're quick everywhere. There's no question. But, you know, with the way that Mercedes have upgraded themselves for, um, to Barcelona, they got a couple of weeks off to evaluate everything. And there could be a dark horse there. And also Lewis got his first winning calendar as well. Oh, that's a good little, that's a good mm. little nugget stat. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um I think he got his first win in Canada. I need to double Maybe check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's definitely, I think Canada, Canada was his most successful circuit. Um, wow. He's been very, very good there. That's crazy. Yeah, he did. He did get his, he did get his first win in Canada. That's yeah. amazing. Um, okay. Interesting. Nice. Well, look, let's leave it there for today. Mm. Thank you so much, Richard, for joining for the first one. Really first enjoyed it. On track GP podcast. Let's first go. of many. Um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and there's lots of things that I want to talk to you about as well. Uh, I really want to know about what it's like racing as an eight-year-old and then going through and, mm. and then beating your teammates and, and, and your other competitors and going up and then eventually becoming a professional driver. I think that'd be such an interesting conversation because it's not really anything that's, there's not so much known about it to, no, to it's, the it's, general it, public. No, so it's we, very, talk about it's very quiet. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting ride. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I want to talk a little bit more specifically about circuits and what it's like and, mm. and the durability. We've got to talk about Le Mans as well, because that's coming up and obviously you, you literally won it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be amazing to do that. Uh, but for now, guys, uh, we're going to leave it there. Thank you for joining us for the first one. Uh, don't forget to smash up the lights and uh, drop in the comments as well. Your sort of F1 perfect driver, the, the things that you would take and build those six little categories. And uh, we'll see you for the next one, guys. See you soon. Thanks. Sports Social Podcast Network.